Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. And now, Financial Renaissance with the M's. Emma folks, and this is our segment, Emma Knows Money, brought to you by Greenwood Wealth Management, making Wall Street work harder for you. All right, we're going to talk about six empowering money moves, things that you can do to kick off the new year with your money in the right space, okay? Now, here's some, a statistic that really had me a little sad. It says that 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck Um, or there's about 81.6 million adults still paying off student loan debt. So it's really hard to feel that you're not still in a cash crunch when maybe you're not making enough income or you've got a whole bunch of student loan debts and you were promised that if you went to school, got an education, got good grades, the life you were going to live, the life of Riley, white picket fence, dog, cat, house, two cars, et cetera, et cetera, pool, live the life of Riley. But that's not exactly what happened. So... We have to deal with the cards that we were dealt. We're making lemonade this morning. So the first thing that I want you to do is track your spending for one month. Um, I want you to write down uh, what you spent. So again, track your spending for the first month. So for the month of January, you're going to get one of those little uh, composition notebooks. You're going to get a little pencil, and you're going to write down everything that you spent. Okay. And the reason for that, and you can categorize it, the reason for that is that when we write stuff down, it also helps with our mindfulness. It's just like when we set goals, you can type it in, but there's something about writing that has stuff that really, really goes into our brain. So just track. You don't have to do anything, but just write down where you're spending your money. Second thing that I want you to do, Kia's taking notes. Second thing I want you to do is to switch to a high-yield savings account. So in your regular bank account, you know, whatever your interest rate is, it may be 0.5, it may be 0.6, whatever that number is. But online banking, and when you're looking for a bank online, you want to make sure that it is FDIC insured. That means it's insured by the federal government. And what that means is that they have 20 years to give you your money back. (laughs) Okay, so everybody's always like, FDIC insured. But what that really stands for is that you get your money back in 20 years. But um, banks online may be paying a higher percentage rate, almost up to 2% versus getting less than a half a percent in your regular bank account. So you're going to be looking for money markets and you're going to be looking for savings accounts. The third thing that you want to do is pay attention to your credit score, okay? So I don't care what your score is. If it's not excellent, if you're not up in the eights, then you too have room for improvement. Because again, the higher your credit score, the less money that has to come out of your pocket. So you can go to, um, you can get your credit report for free, okay? Once a year from TransUnion, Experian, and um, Equifax. If you live in the city of Atlanta, you can get two of those (laughs) for free twice a year because you live in Atlanta. All right. When we come back, I'll give you the other three uh, tips for money move tips for the new year. When we come back. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. Uh, we are going to finish up my Emma Knows Money, even though on Facebook I am sideways, Trina. Um, <laughs> so the first two uh, was one, tracking your spending uh, for the month of January. Don't do anything different. Um, just track the spending that you have for one complete month. Then what you want to do is um, 
is switch to a high yield savings account. So you're going to look for a savings account, usually online. They have FDIC insured accounts that will um, uh, give you a higher rate of return, a higher interest rate. And when you log on to your bank account, typically you don't see it. So you forget you have the money there. So one of the things that I recommend is that you set up kind of an automatic, if you can afford it, even if it's $5, just have $5 a month, just go into that savings account. Uh, the third thing is you want to increase your credit score. So, um, get your credit score for free from Experian, Equifax, and what was the other one? TransUnion. <laughs> and then um, the fourth thing that you want to do is you, you got to get a win. So when it comes to budgeting, when it comes to savings, when it comes to getting your financial life in order, you want to have a win. And that win is going to be to pay off one loan or a credit card. So look for something with the smallest balance because we're humans and we like rewards, I think, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I need immediate gratification. Yes, immediate gratification. Try to pay something off um, um, uh, fast <laughs> as soon as you can. Like a card. Footlocker card. I hope they don't have cards, but I feel like it's a thing. Footlocker card? Oh my gosh, I know the interest on that is probably like 21 or 30%. Pay that <laughs> off. Pay off all the store retail cards. Pay those off first because they usually have the highest interest rate. And then the fifth thing is to plan for unexpected um, expenses, life. So new tires, right? You know, go check the treads on your tires, stick a penny in it or whatever type of <laughs> coin you're supposed to stick in it to see if the treads are, are where they're supposed to be. Your hot water heater. When was the last time you changed that out? If, it, if it's been more than six years, you know you're on that bubble. So set aside some money, whether it's $20 a month, $30 a month that goes into a separate account that goes for the hot water heater or for what else goes wrong with a house? Your roof. That was a big one. That's like six, $7,000. Anything Leaks. else? Leaks. Yes, which goes back to roofs, <laughs> right? If, you're, if your roof is straight, yeah. you won't have any leaks. So you want to plan for those unexpected events. And, and if you have kids, uh, you definitely understand. You want to plan for car maintenance. You want to uh, plan for home maintenance, uh, health care, if you have any health care issues. And then also family, okay? Some of us are still helping out our parents. Some of us are helping out siblings. Some of us are still helping out our kids. So come up with the amount that you're going to contribute to them annually and then break that down by 12 and then, you know, just kind of fit them into your budget. So plan for those unexpected events. Um, and then the last thing is negotiating your salary, okay? If you're a W-2 person and you're getting that 1.5% raise, that 2% raise, if you know your worth, Go talk to the HR. Go talk to your manager. Uh, tell them that, you know, hey, what you're paying me isn't keeping up with the cost of living, and I'm either going to have to find another job. Now, before you do all of this, make sure you talk to someone like your business coach or somebody that's in corporate America. I'm not in corporate America, so I kind of do what I want. So let me talk to the business owners for a second because they're the ones that need to hear this. So for business owners, increase your prices. <laughs> that's okay, right. Emma, January 1st. Fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, to, I, have to, I have to pull that back. I see Trina looking at me like, Ixnay. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. So... If you work for yourself, the cost of everything that you do goes up by at least 3% every year. Absolutely. The software that you use, the gas that you put in your car, the rent for whatever if you're leasing space. Um, if you live in a house and you work from home, if you're in a nice neighborhood, they're building these mansions all over the place. So your taxes are going to go up. Everything goes up. Get your customers and your clients in the habit of your prices going up, even if it's by 5%. Okay, even if it's $5, $10 a year, do it. You don't want to get caught flat-footed. Um, there are books 
And for those of you that need to learn about negotiating your salary, because as I said, it's not my forte, <laughs> there are books. I think there's TED Talks. Um, there's YouTube, right? Everybody learns stuff from YouTube. Go learn how to negotiate your salary. Uh, you may even do like with what one, one, with what one of my clients did, where she negotiated her out. She didn't want to be at the company anymore. We worked all year towards her saving up enough money, so she had six months of living expenses set aside. So she did that, plus negotiated her out. She got a couple months severance. Right. Yes. Yeah, and a bonus. Saying. And she's chilling right now. She's she can chill till about March or April of next year before she thinks about what she wants to do. So make sure, again, cash is king. So those are my M&O's money tips brought to you by Greenwood Wealth Management. <laughs> so are you are you going up on your prices? I'm absolutely going up on my prices um, <laughs> because those expenses are definitely increasing. They so are. So the bag has to increase as well. It does. So just knowing my worth and demanding that. And for me, a big part of that has just been documenting what I'm capable of and what I can bring to the table. Yeah. Because I'm not working with just a consistent company. Um, it's more, more so of bookings and gigs. So just knowing my worth. Keeping up with everything that I'm doing, um, showing what profits I'll be able to bring them or what exposure. So it's a lot of work. I didn't realize, like, even when I took on this radio show, I, I thought I was just going to, you know, come in every Sunday, do my thing and then go off about my business. But it becomes another business entity and you have a lot of projects. Absolutely. There's a lot of stuff that you're working on and everything that you work on is a separate income stream and it comes with its own separate amount of issues, right? Exactly. So one of the things I did was I hired a business coach. Uh, my business coach, Lewis Preston, is an ex-basketball, collegiate basketball coach, you know, Division One. So he knows how to deal with people with egos and, and crazy wonky personalities that are all over the place. You know, with me and my wife, uh, I love her to death. You know, it's like hurting a cat because I'm all <laughs> over the place. I'm all over the place. And what she does and what he does and everybody else in my life, they just kind of pull me back, put my feet back on the ground and try to ground me, you know. That's but, important. Yes, it, it really is. Hey, listen, when we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we're going to talk about caregiving and why if you are receiving care from family members why you should be paying them when we come back on financial renaissance yeah, with the too much time whining. Let me introduce it. it's something sensational happening on ssnatl.com radio not dumbed down since day one if you have the questions we have the answers right. go to ssnatl.com and click on the contact tab as much as you like we are back live on Sensation Station Network. Hey, listen, this morning has been one of those crazy mornings. It's the last Sunday of the year, and we are all acting like we have been off for about two weeks, but it's not our fault. Um, you are listening to us on SSNATL.com, or if you have the pleasure of watching us, want to watch us, you can go to Facebook.com backslash not dumbed down that's right not dumbed down because the conversations that we're having are serious right Absolutely. they are about money and you know cash rules everything around me cream get the money <laughs> dollar dollar bill y'all so listen but money does rule everything and if money rules everything you have to learn your place in society and how to take that little bit of money that you get or that lot of bit of money that you get and turn it into something greater. Um, make sure that it's something that you can pass on to your kids, pass on to the next generation. Make sure that you're doing the right things with it so you can also take care of your family, right? Right. And, you know, before the break, I was talking about, you know, increase, knowing your worth, 
right? Knowing your worth and uh, making sure that you're increasing your prices. Um, I know that as women, we tend to not negotiate, right? And so that's why I was recommending the books. And that's also why I recommend the business coach. And you were saying something during the break about the business coach? Uh, just that it's absolutely necessary because for someone like me who is much more so a creative, I may not know the business side, but I've picked up so many projects and work on all these different things. And it's just important to have someone who can handle that the business aspect and kind of help you avoid more personal issues and those distractions that stop you from being able to create and focus on your yeah. craft. And one of the, thing, the great things that I like is that they teach you to say no. <laughs> right. And Thank I know that you. sounds crazy, but <clears throat> as a business owner, as a creative person, like you want to get all the gigs you can get. You want to do all you want to just share your knowledge or share your love, share your craft with the world. But sometimes some people are <laughs> some things aren't worth it. Right. And you have to know what your lane is and you can't satisfy everything. And then for a lot of business owners that may still be suffering from PTSD from the Great Recession, you know, they want to take in every dollar that they can. But that's not always the right thing, because to your point, you don't leave enough time for yourself to be creative creative. So as a business owner, make sure that you're spreading yourself not too thin. Make sure that you're leaving time to, to go back after a project, look at the project, do a proper, we call it post-mortem, right. to, to look at the, you know, whatever event you just did, what, what, what went well, what didn't go well, what could we do better, what do we wish we had, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do we have all the equipment we need? You know, you do a, a full-on audit of, of, of what's going on. Absolutely. Keep learning and growing. Um, and, and especially, now when everything is on social media and everything as soon as someone makes it big it seems like they dig up all the history and i just want to know <laughs> i just want to make sure i'm not dealing with anyone or anything now that has a, a, a past that's going to come back and bite me in the future. But let me tell you what you need to do. I was, uh, we were in Los Cabos about a month ago and we ran into Roland Martin and Roland Martin blew up my spot on this social media thing. So we all think that we could go on social media and delete stuff, right? Right? You, young man, you think you can delete stuff off social media? No. Every three months, the Library of Congress does a, 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 a capture of everything on social media. So if you want to dig stuff up about somebody, you may need to go to the Library of Congress and do a, a good looking. Because, <laughs> you know, like, there's a lot of stuff I said when social media first started. You know, there was a lot of stuff. You know, I came from the era of when people used to smoke cigarettes in offices and there was no sexual harassment. There was no politically correct. People just said whatever they felt like saying. Right. <clears throat> Hopefully there are no recordings or pictures of me <laughs> doing any of those things. <laughs> You're lucky. You're lucky. The social media has ruined that for my generation. It, I, it I might I may never be able to run for political office. Because of things that I said when I was 18, 19 years yeah, old. But those when you're idealistic. Yeah, when exactly. you're idealistic. And that's why and I'm... invincible. I'm so happy that social media uh, wasn't around until like the early 2000s. Yeah, because who wants their their past from 18 years old to follow them all of their lives? Yeah. And Mine I'm, will. But, but it's before 18. Because mm -hmm. think about it. A lot of kids are on social media way ahead of time. And as a parent, <clears throat> you have to tell your kids, um, you know, basically you got to put the smack down on them. Absolutely. And that's what my mom did for me. And I always felt like I was always made to feel like it was Big Brother watching. So I didn't get too crazy. But that year that I first came out, it was, okay, I can't say any of the words no, that I want cannot. to use to express it. Bucky Wild, is that okay? But what? Buck Wild. Buck Wild, you buck can say Buck Wild. Yes, I was all in about everything. I talked about everything. And everybody. Everybody. Right, if it was pop culture, if it was politics, all of that stuff is dangerous. My you know? roommate. Oh. <laughs> 
See, that's what I didn't get. You know, our son, we told him he couldn't get a tattoo till he graduated from college. And he went on social media and posted something like, I'm all, you know, one time or two time all American. And I don't care what my family says. I want a tattoo. And she had to stop me because I've told him, like, if you if you get a tattoo, that means that you can financially take care of yourself. Mr. And if you can finan- yeah, you, if you can financially take care of yourself, we can have this. We can have this Facebook fight right now. I don't have to pay your tuition anymore. <laughs> like, Period. And she was like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Call him. And I was like, no, nah, he getting buck on social media in front of the world. I'm going to clap back. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you want to put on a show? Yeah, I got yeah, a show yeah. for But then you. he got my grandmother's the date that she died tattooed on his back. And I was like. Ah, oh, okay. You lost that one. I'm right, sorry. Right, right, right. Like, to take that L publicly. Punk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still greasy about that. All right. Let's jump into, this is a subject that I think a lot of people need to um, talk about. And again, it's the holiday season. So this is the time to have these conversations with our family members. And that's paying for, um, paying for caregiving. So if you have a parent um, or an elder loved one um, that needs, you know, help or some type of care or whatever, um, it is okay for them to pay you. If they have what's called long-term care insurance, a lot of these long-term care insurance policies will now pay you money to have a a family member take care of you because it's going to be a heck of a lot cheaper. You know, to have a nurse come to your house all day, um, you know, seven days a week, that's $250 a day. Right. And that matters. That's time. Time is money. Time is money. And so what happens is if you have a family member that is providing care to you, they are losing time from work. Uh, They are losing time from their social life. They are taking time away from everything and anything else that they want to do. And as parents, we don't have kids, and some of you may have, but I didn't have my kid because I thought he was going to be able to take care of me when I was older. That's my whole plan. I'm 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 planning on having some little uh, retirement plans. <laughs> Running I need, around. I need some all Americans. But the thing is, you never know what you're gonna get. <sighs> and it doesn't matter how you raise little people. You never know what they're gonna turn into. I just want an all American. That's see, what I'm aren't going you for. one of eleven? I am number twelve of thirteen. You're number twelve. Of- Yes, I am. <laughs> and you know what? None of us are retirement plans. I might need to rethink my life. Actually, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you've got there's 13 kids and can the 13 kids take care of the parents? Oh, absolutely. Right. Uh, absolutely. But I've seen so many families fall apart when they lose a loved one. And there's been that one who's been taking care of everything and living with them right. and left their job. And right. then and then when they pass away, they get nothing. All right. the other siblings start. I mean, man, you want to talk about watching people act like children. Exactly. Let some older person get sick or die. Right. Let a person like you see the worst of the worst in people, which is why, you know, for that one family member who is doing everything, the parents or the elder loved one should pay them, even Absolutely. if it's $20 an hour, $30 an hour, because if it comes down to Medicaid, if you're just giving them money and you're not paying them, um, it may end up coming back to bite you. It may look like a gift. So you want to make sure that you're paying them. You also want to do a contract. And I know it sounds silly, but like for real, like moms, you need my help. I'm driving up to, you know, North Carolina every weekend or every other weekend to provide care for you. Well, have a contract so that there's gas money included in there, lodging if that's needed, Um, whatever it is that you're not able to do while you're home, uh, you know, that you can do from a distance, like your parents can help pay for that too. And again, it's something that's going to help in the long run with the state planning and stop the siblings from fighting against each other, which is what we want, right? Right. Absolutely. You hate to have to have those those issues at that tense time, but 
it's necessary. Oh, yeah. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we want to know what you're thinking about uh, whether or not your parents or elder family members should be paying you for caregiving. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's. This is big business. This is the American way. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. It is Emma Folks and Kia. Hello, Am I hello. giving you a government name? Kia Comedy. <laughs> I'll take it. Or Kia Barnes. Yeah, there we go. Kia Barnes. I, I never know whether or not people want, you know, their real names out. Because it's like people can find out so much about you. Right. But I don't like people to just expect me to come with the jokes. I'm coming with the jokes, but... I don't want to just introduce myself like that. As a jokester? Yeah, yeah. I got on, see, for the jokes, I got on uh, Joker colors today. That's one of my favorite characters on Batman. So it's right. not like a lesbian thing, the plaid? No. Oh, not at all. I'm bisexual. Okay, then. So uh, if, if, I, if I have to claim a letter, I claim the B. <laughs> what would you be? I mean, I guessed it from these dreamy eyes that are staring at us right now. You guys cannot see it, but it's a man-man in this building. A man-man? Aquaman <laughs> is, is staring us down. It's hard to focus. At. It's, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's something. <laughs> you can see that he got busted in his head. Like, that's a roughneck right there. He's been through some things. Yes. Lisa Bonet is not playing with him. She's the luckiest man. In, uh, excuse me. She's the luckiest woman in the world to me. You don't know her pronouns. Well, she is the luckiest person in the world to me. They. They are the luckiest people in the world to me. Her, Lenny Kravis, and Jason. You got me all twisted <laughs> up. That's real funny. That's how they always get me. That's, I'm like, you know what? Forget the joke. I'm going right. home. I don't have time. <laughs> they, she, shim. This. I don't know. I had a little cousin uh, back in the day when, you know how little kids, they don't know how, you know, you're trying to teach them to say she or him and blah, blah, blah. He just combined them and was like, shim. And I was like, you know, that's appropriate today. Um, <laughs> I could just put it into one category. Shim is the luckiest person in the world. Kids are creative. That's why I like to confuse them. My little cousin asked me if I was a boy or a girl. I was like, I'm mixed. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Work with that, buddy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, a question for you. So you were an educator? I was an educator for six years in Alabama, um, Miami, and then Georgia. Yes. Alabama, in the South. Okay, in the so, South. So, uh, well, Miami's not really the South, per se. Oh, but... yes, it is. Ooh. Yes, it is. With it's all a different Caribbean, kind of the Caribbean, those, those uh, redneck Jamaicans. and Absolutely. <laughs> redneck Jamaicans. And, yeah, I got a lot of those. In my... Matter of fact, you may have taught some of my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different breed of hillbilly, but they are there. Yes, Absolutely. Yes, they are. So what made you decide that, you know, enough of these children, I want to I wanna make people laugh. I love working with children, um, but I always felt stifled because definitely when I was in Alabama, I couldn't be out. Um, parents would come up and complain that they felt like their son was uh, acting too feminine or they felt like someone might be gay. So I was terrified in Alabama. Oh, wow. And then I came to Georgia. And at first I was working in Clayton County. And, you know, it, it's Atlanta. Atlanta. The Atlanta area in general is very queer friendly. But then I got the opportunity to work at a charter school that shall not be named. Right. But can you say they, the county? Um, it was in Fulton County. OK. And they were just very, very specific and blatant about not being queer friendly because it was an all boys school. And they wow. did not want it to seem like it was a bunch of little gay boys. Yeah. And um I was targeted. Yeah. I was targeted because I got married the year before um, gay marriage was legalized nationwide. And so the next year, 
it was legalized and I asked the insurance company if I could add my spouse. And they said, well, we don't recognize things like that, but we can ask the school and see how they feel. And I said, don't do that. The <laughs> next week I get back to school and I have an email. Oh, and after no. they sent me that email, they sent it to everyone. So at first it was, let's make sure Ms. Barnes knows. But anyway, um, I got targeted, so I had to leave. Um, it just became such a tense situation, and I also felt like I could help more people and, and be much more of a voice outside of the classroom. You know, that, that, that is very sad for me, and, uh, and for a couple of reasons. There are so many brilliant minds, um, even the guy that invented the computer, right? right? There's so many brilliant minds, and then if you're caught up in who they're sleeping with, you know, you miss out. Like corporate America has missed out on so many inventions, so many, so much production, just because of someone's sexuality. Like it is so, it's like thinking about interracial marriage. Like who cares if a black person and a white person are together? Right. What does that have to do with you, right? right. Um, so I, you know, I, I feel your pain. I've been through it too. I've been blackmailed twice <laughs> because right. of my sexuality, but I'm not the type to take stuff. Like you, you can't threaten me. You can't right. punk me. I, I, there's no punk in me. So I, I, I don't even tolerate that. But for you, do you think, here's a question for you. And I know, and especially living in Atlanta, sometimes you have to, um, and I don't want to get political. Uh, don't want to talk about any instances or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But living in the city of Atlanta, sometimes you're torn between two forces being black and being LGBTQ, which one are you first? I can't even say that I'm either first because I wake up every morning as a black lesbian. Um, but my mission really is just to unite the two and help us understand that we literally are one. We are both disenfranchised minorities. When I was in college, I started our chapter of the NAACP and then they found out I was a lesbian and all of a sudden I was the problem of like, so I, I have always had to battle with these two forces, but I don't know how to turn off either. Right. So I really just try to, to represent for the culture, whatever culture that may be. See, I, I, I always say I'm whatever you see first. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you see first is if you see black first, I'm black first. If you see queer or whatever the, the nomenclature is or acronym is, then that's what I am. Like, I don't care. Right. I, I mean, it's it's obvious that we can hide one part if we really choose to, but I don't choose to do that. I am a, a queer black woman and, and I represent for both. Both Ooh, are, are, are very it. important. I love it. I love it. So let's you have a social media following that is ridiculous. Right. Thank you. Is it ridiculous? It's more I, than I have like 5000 followers. Some no, I don't even have 5000 followers. Right. <laughs> no, I'm close. We're going to get you there. We're going to get you there. I have 3,800 on Twitter and five on Facebook and five on Instagram. You got to show a little bit more leg. No. Meat leg. That's what I did. No, I was watching, <laughs> That's definitely not my I was watching Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live. And he was doing that Velvet Jones, How to Be a Ho. Oh, and man. then he had How to Be a Social Media Ho. <laughs> like he and it was up, so right. And he brought it up to the, to, to the current, to the present. Like, how to be a social media ho. That I can't be. Um, that I can't be. I'm extremely shy, by the way. Oh, yeah, I can tell. <clears throat> no, yeah, seriously. Right. Yeah, right. Look at her. I'm an introvert. I'm extremely shy. I'm extremely shy. Well, so, 
for me to do, you know, it, 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 somebody would have to snap a picture of me <laughs> with me not paying attention and then post that. But even then, I'd be like, my mom is going to see that. I don't want that. Exactly. World, you all are missing out on this personality right here. <laughs> hey, listen, when we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M, we'll um, talk to Kia a little bit about, for those of you, for you business owners who want to learn how to monetize social media, Kia is going to share a couple of things with us, a couple of things with us when we come back in 300 seconds. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. It is your hostess with the mostess, Emma Folks. And we are sitting here with my co-host for today, Kia Barnes. That's her true government name. Facts. Facts. And you're from Alabama? Yes. What Uh, part? I am from Washington County, Alabama, a little bit north of Mobile. The boonies. Is that like down at by the uh, Gulf Coast? I wish. It's like uh, by the Tom Bigby River. It's just country. uh, (laughs) Tom Bigby. I didn't know. I don't know who Tom Bigby is, and I didn't (laughs) know that he had a river named after him in the South. I'm just going to put it in perspective. My school was kindergarten through 12th grade. Woo. And I knew everyone I graduated with. Well, we haven't done that since Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know they still had schools like that. It's a thing. How many you have? 50 people in your school? 63. And the school beside us, the year I graduated in 2003, still had a black homecoming queen and a white homecoming queen. And the next school was still segregated. In 2003, it was a school that was open after schools were desegregated so that they didn't have to go to school with the black kids. I'm from Alabama. So I am totally blown away right now. So she is from Jacksonville. And when she told me that she grew up in the 70s, that they had segregated beaches, it wasn't like colored only and whites only, but there was a definite line where white people beached and black people beached. And it was mind boggling to me. So for those of you from the South, when people from the North come down here and say all kind of silly stuff, there's a reason for it because a lot of it is true. A lot of it was true. I can't believe you went to a Oh, my goodness. Real life. Real 35, life. Real life. That wow. Was, that was my childhood. Yeah. Wow. So being in Atlanta feels good. It feels amazing to, to be black, to be queer, all of that. There was yeah. a, a race riot at my high school, that, like the year that I started, and teachers were involved. So to be here, even if I was just barely making it, it would be making it because I made it out of there. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Like we had a race riot. Um, I went to school in New York. I grew up in New York City. I went to Christ the King High School. Um, which a lot of famous athletes like Lamar Odom, um, Holesclaw went there. What's her name? Shamika? Shamika Holesclaw from the WNBA. A lot of, a lot bang, of famous bang, people. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Jason Williams, he also shot someone. Um, the basketball player, Jason Williams, shot someone in his house. I don't want any um, problems, <clears throat> Emma. I don't want any problems. Yeah, that's another story. But um, uh, we did have a race. It was kind of a race riot. I went to school. It took me an hour and a half uh, every day to get to school from where I lived in Queens to this place in Queens, which was near Brooklyn. And the Italians in our in that were in the area with the school, the Howard Beach people, they actually uh, beat up a city bus because they didn't want black people coming into their neighborhoods. And this is in the 80s. And so I didn't find out about any of this until after. And this was private school, not a public school, until after my mother had me enrolled at this school. And then I was like, yo, wow, you have me not going to my home school, Andrew Jackson High School, where LL Cool J and everybody else went to. You got me driving, going an hour and a half for this. And she's like, yeah, I want you to learn how to be around white people um, so that you know the ways of the world. I don't want you in a black, you know, in a black bubble. And I was like, a black bubble? (laughs) No, I'm black. I should be in a black bubble. I want you to see the way the world really is. And I'm glad she did it. You know, um, it was it was 
It was interesting. <laughs> you just described the movie Hoodlum. Hoodlum with uh, Lawrence Fishburne? Oh, yeah. That was on the other day. I caught the tail end of it, but I don't remember it too tough. Oh, yeah. The Italians were not having it. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they wouldn't have it. Um, but, you know, that was a different time, and I hope, hopefully things are a lot better now. But let's talk about monetizing social media. Um, great. Well, I'm so excited to talk about this because I get asked all the time. Are you charging? I, <laughs> I should. But I am one of those people that just has such a big heart that I'm always just going to give out this information. It's the, it's the truth. I'm, I give out this information because I want everybody to be empowered okay. and to understand how this works. And to be realistic about it, because there are so many people with hundreds of thousands of followers that aren't making a dime off of it. And it's really just a force that bullies them and makes them feel like they're be, being watched all the time. And they haven't figured out how to monetize their social media. Yeah. I'm fortunate in the fact that I catered to a specific audience and that is the overwhelming majority of my followers so when people are looking to grab the attention of the queer community specifically lesbians specifically queer women of color they come to me because that is my fan base um i didn't just do social media i also have like facebook groups and meetup.com so I know how to target these people okay. and businesses just want to buy into that. So I've gotten so many opportunities and sponsorships just by having this audience and constantly giving them ways to support me. So it's not just from the companies that give me sponsorships. It's also, well, I have all of these lesbians. What is it that lesbians like to do? How can I create that for them? How can I bring them together? Right. And how can I get a couple coins off of it? Because time is money. Yeah, and I want to say uh, good morning to a couple of groups on Facebook since you brought up Facebook groups. We have the Black Business Owners Connected, and we have Black Wealth and Financial Freedom Group on Facebook. Good morning, and I hope you're finding this information helpful. Right. <laughs> Holla at your girl. Holla at Hey, listen, when we come back on uh, Financial Renaissance with the M's, we're going to have my top five news stories of the week. You going to do this with me? I'm ready for it. Let's do it. I read them all. Check my nails. my mac daddy vibe i'm giving you in all of its splendor what's up tune in to the cheryl underwood show every monday wednesday and friday 12 noon eastern standard time on the only station that gives you smart talk with an awesome mix yes i feel like y'all got some rest <laughs> ssnatl.com radio that's not dumbed down I love it. Uh, keep you on your toes. All right. Top five news stories of the week. Uh, we're going to talk about Vietnam. As I mentioned, uh, Vietnam has joined a bunch of other Southeast Asian countries. They're trying to lure retirees uh, to their part of the world. Uh, you could just leave that. So there were over 58,000 service members that died in Vietnam uh, in the 60s and 70s, and the war ended in 1975. And for a lot of us, a lot of us have fathers some mothers, grandfathers, 
um, who were impacted by going to Vietnam. Vietnam was a horrible war. It was worse than this 20-year war we're having with Afghanistan and Iraq. So a lot of us have parents that were impacted by this. Some of us have parents that weren't great parents because of the atrocities that they saw over in Vietnam. So I'm a little happy. I'm a twofold about this. I'm a little happy because it will help some people um, make amends with the things that they've done or the things that they've seen by going back and visiting. But two, if you're trying to retire and retiring in America is expensive, you know, why not consider another country? Right. Um, as Americans, we are the only people, I think, on the planet that only want to stay here. But Europeans come here, Africans come here, uh, people in the Middle East come here, people in Russia even come here. You know, everybody wants to come to America. Well, maybe we need to think about going and checking out some other places. So you could live off of about $2,000 a month in Vietnam. Um, other countries that are looking to get um, uh, people from the U.S. there are Cambodia and also Sri Lanka. Um, again, uh, with Sri Lanka, you can live off of about 1000 to $2,000 per month and their cost of health care is so much cheaper than what we're paying here in the States. Now, think about this. During retirement, um, with Medicare, not the Medicaid, Medicaid is for people that don't have money anymore, but Medicare, you're going to spend about anywhere from $150,000 to $280,000 a year on medical costs during retirement. So if you're only going to spend about, let's say, 100 a month or 100 a year or a couple hundred a year for medical, medical costs in other countries, yeah, look at um, Vietnam, look at Southeast Asia, look at Mexico, look at Central America, look at places where health care costs aren't going to be so bad. Sign me up, definitely. <laughs> My father up. is a Vietnam vet. Yeah, and he he's 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 a little special, ain't he? Oh yeah, he yes. is definitely a character. Yes, my father also was in Vietnam, and he is a character, and that is the nicest way to say that. All right, capital warfare. So in 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 France, they came out with a um, with a board game, like a Monopoly game or a game of life game, but it's for the 21st century. It's called Capital, and uh, it forces players to fight with each other as they struggle to be accepted by the rich. Real life story. <laughs> yes, uh, Capital was created by a French sociologist and her husband and the board game pits working and middle-class players against each other as they race towards tax havens and ownerships of luxurious cruise ships oh wow huh? cruise ships they should be more realistic they're right. trying to buy belts and shoes right and cars right. and rims uh, do people still buy rims not I'm really, really hoping not, but yes, they do. <laughs> oh, what about the lights underneath? I want some lights underneath my car. I think I, red lights would look real dope underneath my car. If you want to be pulled over every week, you should get that. I won't get pulled over. I speak Spanish. <laughs> oh, I will get pulled over. I speak Spanish. <laughs> so, yeah, this game, this game is absolutely crazy. Now, this story, I'm, I'm actually, can we get some cheers? Can we get some cheers for Facebook? Find us some cheers for Facebook. So I'm always dogging Facebook out, right? You know, especially when Mark Zuckerberg went and sat in front of the, the Congress and they were asking him all these stupid questions. How do you turn on the computer? What is the interweb? And, you know, all this stupidness. You know, Mark Zuckerberg was acting like he didn't have an answer for anything. Well, it looks like we finally got the answer. Um, they removed 900 accounts, pages, and groups from their platform last week including Instagram, because these um, 900 accounts and people were using deceptive practices to push pro-Trump narratives to about 55 million users. It's about time. Yeah. It's about time. And the crazy thing about this, thank you, thank you. The crazy thing about this is that a lot of these accounts were not even real human beings. 
And when <laughs> real talk, when we come back, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how they use uh, AI and robots and little stuff to kind of fool us. Ignore the bots. Ignore the bots. Energizing a nation, one listener at a time. It's SSNATL.com. Radio that's not dumbed down. Are we back? We are back. <laughs> We're back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. I'm here with my, my co-host, Kia Barnes. Excited to be here. Excited. Before the break, we were talking about Facebook. Oh, boy. And Facebook going after them bots. Well, Zuckerberg has changed the world, so he should be held accountable. Yeah. He should do something about it because people think that that's actually how Americans feel, and it's not us. Nah, They've changed the Internet privacy laws and everything, and it's been bots. Hey, check this out. So 610 Facebook accounts, 156 groups, 89 pages, 72 Instagram accounts associated with the BL. And the BL is a, is a digital news outlet that describes itself as pure mountain spring, moistening the heart of every reader. They are, yeah, <laughs> right. Great translation. Right. And then they are connected to the Epoch Times, which is a conservative uh, media organization with ties to Chinese spiritual group and a history of aggressive support for Trump. So aggressive support for Trump, I don't even understand what that means. But it says the BL Network's pages were operated by users in Vietnam and the U.S. who uh, Facebook says um, made widespread use of fake accounts to evade detection and funnel traffic to its own website. So if you're in a group, stay in that group. Like don't deviate and go to people's like websites and things like that. And then one of the things they were doing is like if you joined a group for comedians, right? We want to, I don't know, do comedians share jokes or no? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Well. Well, let's say you wanted to discuss uh, how to make muffins or whatever, and you go, go into this group and you're making muffins, um, then the next thing you know, there's a political you know, comment or commentary and things like that. That's not the group for you. If you go into a group to do something specific, uh, learn about money, um, learn how to do, you know, I don't know, Holly Homemaker type things. I don't do anything in the house. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever DIY projects, like I'm not good at that stuff, so I would never do it. But if you're in those types of groups, scrapbooking, et cetera, be careful if the conversation uh, veers to the left or in this case to the right and it gets very aggressive or anti anything. And then also for those of you, you know, that's on the right. Uh, the Republicans, the Tea Party, those types of people. But then on the left, we're going to start seeing stuff like that, too. And there's going to be a lot of negative talk about Republicans and Trump and different people like we're dead all that, dead all that, um, you know, unify, united we stand, divided we fall, like forget about it. Forget yeah. about it. They're trying to brainwash us and make us hate each other. It's not even our people. It's not even our culture. It's really feeding into somebody that's getting paid off of it at the end of the day. Yeah, and what's crazy is that they use profile pictures um, that weren't even real. They're AI-generated faces. Oh, my gosh, that is that is crazy. Talk that, about catfish. That's real ooh, cat, The catfishing is going to get, like, people are going to be FaceTiming and messaging, talking to people. They're not even real. Like, it is about to get really serious. So for those of you who are doing a lot of stuff on the Internet, uh, be leery. Uh, here's another story about Mormons, uh, the Mormon. Oh, <laughs> The Mormon church is accused of stockpiling billions and avoiding taxes. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. Who so saw that coming? Yeah. So last week, <laughs> last week, I did a story about the Trump Foundation. And I also talked about nonprofits and how when you're giving money to a nonprofit, you really want to make sure that the money that you're giving is going towards the things that you want it to go towards. So this particular case about the Mormon church, they had a whistleblower, two of them, two brothers. Um, I think his name was like Liam and David or something like that. And they're saying they filed a complaint with the IRS. So once you bring the IRS in, you know they want, you know, we don't have enough money. The new tax cuts aren't generating enough, so they got to get money where they can. So they, they filed. They definitely get it from the churches. Yes. So they went after, they told the IRS that the um, Mormon church has $100 billion in accounts intended for charitable works that they've misleaded members and they're avoiding paying taxes on. 100 billion, not 100 million, 100 billion with a B, okay? And I believe that's nine zeros and a comma, <laughs> so that we could put it in perspective. That's because they're not having to pay those iPhone bills or anything else. It's just right. stacking all their bread. So usually when I hear about whistleblowers and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, wow. But remember, the whistleblower would get 30% of any back taxes and penalties. So for these two brothers, I'm like, eh, I'm not sure I'm believing this. So... What? Up to up to 30%. So uh, You just put me on game. I'm snitching on everybody. Exactly. Up to 30% of any uh, back taxes and or penalties. But the brothers said that they are very mindful that the money uh, could be recovered as money that will be coming from the tithes and from the people that they care about. But this money is special. I'm not really liking their responses. So I don't know if they're doing it for the money or if there's a legit um, reason. One of the brothers actually works in the church and the other brother works at the um, financial firm that stock piling the hundred hundred billion dollars so they've got a they've got a legitimate a legitimate thing so I, I'd like to see how this plays out and hopefully I, I think the Mormon church does a lot of good like my mother used them to do our um, family tree before the internet you know she would go to the Mormon churches they have all the records blah 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 not pro or against I'm just telling you you know hundred hundred billion dollars sitting somewhere Absolutely. all right yeah. Africa the last story has to do with Africa so there is a movement, uh, they are calling it Year in Recovery or Year of Something. Year of Return. Year of Return, where the different countries in Africa would like to have Americans, and particularly African Americans, come and visit, uh, spend our uh, disposable income visiting, you know, such places like they've got the biggest waterfall in the world, I think it's called Victoria Falls, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then a couple of countries are also trying to get African, educated African Americans to uh, come to Africa with their skills and they're offering them incentives. However, for those of us in the LGBT communities, Right. We'll be locked up. Right. Depending on the countries, like a lot of our conservative evangelical people have gone over to Africa and have kind of bashed people that are LGBTQ to the point where not only getting locked up, some people are actually being killed. Right. Right. So um, for, for those of you who are thinking about visiting Africa, again, you know, go on the State Department's website. <laughs> um, and also there has to be some type of LGBTQ. Um, actually, I think Trina's um, Chamber of Commerce, the Out Georgia Business Alliance, you could talk to Mike and Mike may be able to tell you he's their tourism guy. He may be able to tell you what countries are LGBTQ friendly or not friendly, because before you go to a country, uh, you want to know. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, I've got Kia Barnes, Kia Comedy. We're going to be jumping into some more of that monetizing social media when we come back. Sounds good. Energizing a nation, one listener at a time. It's SSNATL.com. Radio that's not dumbed down. 
And we are back on Financial Renaissance with the M's. I'm your host, Emma Folks, and I have Kia Barnes in the studio with me. She's half awake. How do? How do? <laughs> How does it do? Hey, listen, uh, you're watching us live on Sensation. Social Security Network. No, <laughs> Sensation Station Network, SSNATL.com, or you can watch us on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com backslash Not Dumbed Down. Did you understand that? Not Dumbed Down? How about that? With a B. With a B? There's a B in dumb. There is. <laughs> hey, listen, speaking of dumb moves, let's talk about retail. Mercy. Mercy. So back in the day when you were a kid, you know, you were in high school, and then like your junior year, your mom was like, you either play a sport or you got to go get a job. Right? I don't know right. if you heard that. So you would go get a job at the mall or some retail store. Okay? That's what teenagers used to do back in the day for extra money or they would babysit. Nowadays, retail is not the move. Um, in 2019, there were more than 9,300 retail stores that closed. And some of these stores, I used to kick it at when I was a kid uh, at Green Acres Mall in Valley Stream. That's in Long Island, New York. <laughs> <laughs> above the Mason-Dixon. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Um, above the Mason-Dixon line. So some of the stores that um, have closed or filed for bankruptcy. All right. Payless Shoes is closing all of its 2,500 stores in what could be the largest retail liquidation in history. Not the BOGO. The BOGO, yes. The originator of the BOGO is no-go. They gone, okay? Jimbery, oh. uh, which I never took my kid to, they're closing more than 800 stores. Dress Barn. I don't know why, because it's, nope, not going to say that. I don't know anything about Dress Barn. I used to see them, but it had a barn on front, and uh, me being a city <laughs> kid, anything that dealt with the country or the South, I was just anti, so I didn't care about Dress Barn. Uh, Family Dollar is closing 390 stores, which I think is good, because you shouldn't buy anything out of Family Dollar store. Uh, don't take any drugs from Family Dollar store. Don't eat anything out of Family Dollar store. And That's, if you have, yeah, you look like you're sick. Um, <laughs> that was owned by the former governor, right? That's his company? No. Um, I forgot whose company it is, but I know a, a lot of the stuff they get is from China. Oh, really? And so um, the medicines, things like that, are not supposed to be up to snuff and FDA approved. So you may not, uh, not want to work with that. And then... Yeah, those were on. Uh, it was owned by one of the for former governors, though. Family the Dollar. Family Dollar. Yeah, uh, the last one. What's his name? I don't remember. In Georgia. The, that was his, that was his company. Oh, um, putting it in all the poor communities. Hey, come down to moms and pops. Can you look up who owned? Um, what was it? Family, family Dollar. Dollar. Mm -hmm. Georgia governor. Um, so Chico's. I never shopped there either. Um, they're closing 250 stores, but they also have White House Black Market stores that they're closing. 90 of them. I didn't know that. Michelle Obama used to work close from there. Um, Walgreens is closing 200 stores, and this one hurt my feelings, GameStop. Oh, no. They're closing everything. And then for you youngins, Forever 21. Oh, no. It's closing How? up to, uh, they expect to close 350 stores globally, uh, 178 in the U.S. after they file for Chapter 11. Fashion Nova is shutting down everybody. <laughs> what is Fashion Nova? Another store? It's a website. That's oh. why people aren't going to these stores anymore. They are getting everything offline. Awesome. Yep. And then those employees working in those warehouses aren't getting any types of benefits yeah. whatsoever. Or full-time yeah. work or anything like that. Or able to have a steady schedule, things like that. It's awful. Like We talk about the high school kids getting those jobs, but those are careers for so many people. Yeah. College is way more expensive. Most people can't afford it, so they have to settle for those types of jobs more people have to settle for those jobs and there are less of those opportunities so 
I really don't know what's going to happen. I don't know either, but I actually I do know what's going to happen. We're going to have more angry people in our country. So um, the reason why I'm bringing up the store closing is, again, if you are in retail, know that your days are numbered like legit so you're going to have to figure out you know you go online um, go to google go to the department of labor in your state and find out what are going to be the jobs of the future they've got tons of books go to the library it's free and you you don't even have to go to the library you your e-reader that you have if you have a tablet or a phone you can borrow books from the library for free you don't even have to leave your house but you have to find out about the jobs of the future and um, i did a show you know earlier in the year and it was saying that in the next five to ten years 65% of all jobs that are going to be available in the United States of America are going to require a four-year degree. Okay, so I know college is expensive, but you're going to have to do you're going to have to do something. Right. You have we have to change with the times. You have to change with the times. They're saying that right now there are 30 million full-time jobs in the United States that pay at least $55,000 that do not require bachelor's degrees from college. And this came from Georgetown University. So, you know, if you're not looking at going to college, make sure you have a trade. Make sure you can do plumbing, welding. electricity, HVAC, mm. welding, something, anything. Um, one of those skills that's not going to go away. Don't look at being a truck driver. <laughs> you heard about autonomous trucks. Right. Don't look at, you know, don't look at things that we know aren't going to be here. So really, people aren't going to be driving cars anymore, right? So deliveries, things like that, a lot of that stuff is going to be taken care of by little robots, right. <laughs> even, right? Even the social media stars, like that bubble is going to burst at some point because anybody can do it now. And it's just so oversaturated. You don't have to pay a celebrity to handle whatever it is that you want to promote. You can get a, a social media star. Influencer. Right, an influencer people. and pay them way less money. And there's so many more people doing the exact same thing. I know that bubble is, that bubble is going to burst. Like, I've seen so many people come and go. There's just so many influencers now that there is no way that this thing is sustainable. That's why you better figure out yeah. how to monetize it. Yeah, what are you going to do next? What, right. like, what's your plan B? How do you take you know, uh, what you did on social media and turn it into, into something else? When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we're going to tell a little story about an evil stepmother. Yes. Don't just sing the song. Do it. And we're here to help with Smart Talk. From programs like this, your nation's urban station, online on SSNATL.com. We are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. I want to say hello to Marva Squires in the Black Business Owners Connected Facebook Facebook group. She's watching us from Canada, our northern neighbor. For those of you in the United States of America, that is the country north of us, and they're also part of North America. Because people, like, it's so disrespectful when you go to other countries that are on the Americas and you're like, yeah, I'm American. <laughs> are they getting the wall, too? You know, they say that they have T-shirts that say the fun side of the wall. <laughs> Down in Mexico, it's like, yeah, welcome to the fun side of the wall. Hey, listen, so there was a, um, a question that came in that I'm going to read. Uh, this came into the Moneyist, which is on um, Market Watch. So it says, I've been married to my husband for seven years, and we have one child together. So put that child right here. I also have eight children from a previous marriage. Throw them eight kids over here. And we have one, and he has one child from a previous marriage. So that's 10 children, okay? Um, one they have together, eight for her on her side, one from him on his side, but total of 10. Now, my husband's dad died several years ago, and his mother's health is currently not great. 
I have a question about the inheritance. Now, this is a safe space. If you have a question about inheritance or things like that, you know, feel free to ask us. We don't have a problem answering. Now, she goes on to say that her mother-in-law doesn't like her, so she can't talk to her about it. So her question is, and remember, we want to, you know, this should be a safe space, like a confessional, right? Does my husband automatically inherit my, <laughs> my mother-in-law's home when she dies? He is her only living child. Um, uh, she lived in that house well, well before my husband was born, so it's a generational house. Um, I don't even think the house has a mortgage. Will I be entitled to my mother-in-law's house if my husband inherits it and he dies before me or we go through a divorce? <laughs> she messed up when she said entitled, first of all. <laughs> you got eight kids that these folks help you take care of. What, what more? What more? Oh, so here's what I have to say. This is this is actually an estate planning question for me, okay? Because number one, as parents, you know, uh, mothers, fathers, you know, if you want to keep certain um, assets in your bloodline, then you need to get a will, a trust, um, powers of attorney, all of that stuff. Um, if you have a kid that is a spendthrift, spends a lot of money, you don't want to leave them a lot of money. So they have trust that will actually take care of spendthrifts. So if a person is spending money too much, there's a trust that will only dole out money to them in little increments to kind of save them from themselves. And sometimes people are so nice that sometimes they give money away. So a spendthrift trust will prevent that. The other thing is you may also have a kid that loves blindly. Right. Like a guy who would marry a woman with eight kids, have <laughs> have a kid with her and then not have a will or something in place. And parents, I mean, you know, your kids better than anybody. You know, there, here's a woman. You want to talk about gold digger? Right. You want to talk about gold digger? The man, he's not even sick. OK. The mother in law is sick and he's talking about, oh, if if he predeceases me, right. like she's going to poison you, dog. If I get somebody to kill him, do I get that big old house? If I put some of that radiator fluid in his <laughs> juice, will he not be here tomorrow? I need him to see what she asked. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so, you know, for parents and for loved ones, for, you know, when you're thinking about your family and what you're going to be leaving behind, especially today when we have a lot of blended families and things like that, make sure if you have houses, uh, stocks, things like that, that that stays in a trust but a generational trust so that if you leave something to your kids, what if they get divorced? What if they don't get a prenuptial agreement signed, right? What if there isn't enough? Like in this case, it doesn't sound like there's a lot except for a house. It's just a house we're talking about, right? Right? Just a house, right? A house could be 100,000, 200, 400. I don't care what the amount is. It's just a house. So you want to make sure that you, you protect your kids from themselves and you protect your kids from, from gold diggers, from people that, you know, I call it a sheep in wolf's clothing or right. wolf in sheep's clothing. My wolf mother definitely had that talk with me when it was time to get the divorce. Like, make sure. Yes, but that's not the she time. she ain't getting nothing. That, that's not the time to have that conversation. <laughs> the time to have that conversation is when y'all all smiling in each other's faces. And I love you. Right. You love me, too. I love you, too. I'll never leave you. You're never going to leave me. I'm never going to leave you, too. Can you sign this prenuptial agreement? Okay. <laughs> that mother-in-law already peeped game, though. Yeah. She don't fool She don't like it. Like, I don't, yeah, and if your parents don't like someone, usually there's a... Now, some of us, some of right. our parents are ridiculous. Yeah. But sometimes they just have this feeling, you know, you call it women's intuition, father's intuition, just intuition that a person isn't right. And you have to respect that. 
you know, um, if, if your parents are going to be leaving something behind for you, and this includes life insurance, um, you don't have to, you can share it with your spouse, but it doesn't have to touch the account with your spouse. If, as long as you keep it off to the side and it doesn't come into like a communal type thing. And for this lady, um, actually, I think she was in the state of Maryland. And, um, and it appears, yeah, in Maryland, uh, divorce court is under no obligation to provide uh, divide property 50-50. Um, it is a equitable distribution state and not a community property state. So even when you're getting married, you have to figure out what type of state you live in. Because if you're in a community property state, you know, you and I could get married. You could have like $3 in your pocket and I could have $3,000 in my pocket. Why I got to be the broke one? Because I'm a financial planner. Because <laughs> that's how this story goes. <laughs> and if we get married, Might be uh, real. if we're in California, it's 50-50. Like now you get 2500 of or uh, the one, I can't even add. I said three thousand. So you get fifteen hundred. Yeah, planner. you get fifteen fifteen hundred dollars and a dollar and fifty cents. We get to split. I don't like that, right? So if you're in a community property state, I understand love. You know, I I understand love, and I'm a fan of love all day long. But marriage is a business. Okay, uh, marriage is a way that you take two families or you take two people and you build something greater, whether it's through kids, through businesses, but you just make your mark on the world. And you have to make sure that the person that you're with is in the same mindset as you. You know, are they looking to expand what you currently have or are they willing to take advantage of what you currently have right. because it's a come up for them? That's what we definitely don't want. So uh, to my future daughter-in-law, I apologize. <laughs> but you ain't don't getting nothing. <laughs> don't take it personal. You're not getting nothing. Okay. No. <laughs> Period. Your, your babies will be taken care of, but right. not you. That's Unless you're, you know, a nice person. But in this situation, you know, I, I would be mortified. It's just so interesting. This woman, she even says, mom had this house before, before she even had born. my husband. And you and want... The house, you and your kids, kids that aren't related to him at all, you want them to have the legacy that had nothing to do with you or yours. Hey, this would be a divorce court. Okay. Like, real talk. I'd be like, pre-deceit? What you mean, pre-deceit? Okay. What, what so, are you planning? If he has life insurance, this is one of the beautiful things about life insurance, too, is that with life insurance, if you kill your spouse, the life insurance company has seen it all. <laughs> okay. They have seen it all, been through it all, heard it all, witnessed it all. So more than likely, if you try to kill your spouse, you're not going to get the money. None, none of you are getting the money because the insurance companies do extra 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 investigating to before they come up off that money because they know they've seen letters like this they know right. what's up they know the trickery Man. if he happens to fall down the stairwell on november 13th of next year will i still get the money right. no ma'am right. No, right right so some of the other stores that are closing uh walmart is closing 17 stores and i've, I've got a love-hate relationship with walmart because Absolutely. of what they've done with the mom and pop stores in our country uh barney's which is one of the luxurious stores in new york they have filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy and they are closing 15 of it uh, 15 out of 22 stores that are remaining and to your point Nobody goes shopping really anymore. Right. And you can find deals. You right. know, I'm not buying luxury goods in Barney's. I'm going to go to a consignment shop. <laughs> right. We're lazy and also afraid because people seem to be shooting up everywhere. There were shootings in Lenox Mall and another mall just this past week. It's so Cumberland much easier, mall, yeah. right, and safer to just be sitting at, at home, home on your sofa <laughs> No shipping fee. <laughs> right, right. And no crowds, no right. parking. Uh, my son almost got into an argument with someone one year. Last time I went Christmas shopping with him, I was like, 
I don't think this is safe for the two of us because you got a bad attitude and it's just <laughs> a parking spot. Right. And a guy threatened. He was holding a parking spot for me or something and a guy threatened him. And I was like, oh, please Stand don't. Stand your ground, stay. Please don't, sir. And my son was like, what? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, 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 we don't do that. It's just a parking spot. You disrespecting my mother. And I'm like, no, 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 he's not disrespecting me. <laughs> like, just let it go. Please let it go. But it's better to just do all that shopping. There's no, and as a matter of fact, Black Friday, mm-hmm. most of the shopping took place at home. People didn't leave the didn't leave to go out for the the although I do like the Black Friday videos. Walmart was yes. lit. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Listen, when we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we're going to be talking about passion budgeting, how to start your budget off right for the new year. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Hey, listen, you're listening to us live on SSNATL.com, also SensationStationNetwork.com. And you can follow me on social media at Eminos Money on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and my YouTube page. Again, thank you to my first 500 subscribers. And Kia, how do people, how do people find you on social media? All things Kia Comedy. And my website is KiaBarnes.com for all of my events, shows, all of that. All of that. Are you a model? I was looking at your website and I was like, dang, you're cute. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, look, it's right here. Thank you're you gorgeous. very much. Thank you. Thank you. I tried to do a You look real serious though. I am. You look real serious. serious. But yeah, yeah. So let's let's going into the new year, one of the things that you want to focus on is gonna be passion budgeting. And that's where you you do a budget, and most people don't like budgets, but it's like diets. You know, if you're gonna change how you eat to slim down or to just be healthy, same thing with budgeting. You cannot move ahead if you don't know or are not tracking the dollars that you have coming into your house and the dollars that are leaving your house. And passion budgeting is a little bit different because you're going to start with the things that you like to do first. Okay. So if you like watching scary movies, right, if you like going (laughs) to scary movies, make movies part of your budget and that goes at the top. So let's say you like going to the fancy movie theaters with the five star restaurant and all that. So you carve out $200 a month, boom, movies, right? And then the next thing that you like to do, um, um, dining out, that's another $200, boom. So we got movies and entertainment, we got dining out, I like to smoke cigars and drink, so that's another $200. So now we got $600, that's just for entertainment, right? Then you start filling everything else in. And then the thing that you like the least, you put at the bottom. And for some people, it may be where you live, it may be the car that you drive, it may be um, if you're renting office space, you may need to consider switching office space. But start when you do passion budgeting, start with what you love and something that gives you, um, you know, some warmness in your heart about doing like I like to do stuff with charities. So for me, it's not just money. It's also time. But that's in my budget because my time is my money. <laughs> I mean, right. that's just how it is. So I kind of budget as to how much time I'm going to be given to, to certain charities on a monthly basis. So that's something that you can do there. I think that's what a lot of us, especially my generation, is just doing that naturally. Nobody even had to tell us to do it. Oh, yeah. You right. guys are not, not you, you're not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Right. So a lot of young people, you know, you do, you have all types of apps to analyze your spending. Um, you have all types of, you know, there's different devices to do stuff. So you don't have to write everything down. But it, again, when, you're, when it comes to budgeting, I do tell people to write it down because it wires it uh, into your brain as well. And then also think about income. So budgeting isn't only about the expenses, but also you could look at your income and figure out how to come up with passion projects to have extra income coming in so that you can do the things that you love. So if you have a regular nine to five, Nobody has a regular nine to five, but if you have a a nine to six or a nine to seven, 
what can you do after that? And there are, you know, we talked about on the show, over 150 gig jobs that you can get that involve your app. So right. you don't have to go work at a retail store, like no wearing name plates, name tags, right. <laughs> no name tags. You don't have to wear name tags and uniforms anymore. You can do stuff online, like you can write jokes. Right, yeah. or drive for Lyft or Uber yeah. Eats or simple things like that. Yeah, or you can tutor kids mm -hmm. in South Korea and China. I think you can make about $1,000 a month. Uh, doing stuff like that. You can also, if you're great in English, you can be a copywriter, you can be an editor. Um, if you have a great voice, you can do voiceovers, things like that. So there's always a way to make money. And, you know, as I've been saying for the whole year, the recession is coming, the recession is coming. Oh, it may not come for another six months, it may not come for another year. But the things that you need to focus on are paying down as much debt as you possibly can, getting your credit score right and getting ready for the recession because when it comes it's the come up you said right. what what was it the top one percent they um they their wealth grew by 25 percent uh in the past year in the past 25 percent and they're already filthy stinking rich correct meanwhile we are out here struggling it's real yeah it is real there's a lot of things that are going to be changing in our country and we just have to be prepared for it so the things that you need to do again is track your dollars right always track what you have coming in track what's going to be going out plan for any snafus that may happen and also learn how to just say no <laughs> Plain right. and simple, just learn how to say no to your family and friends. They can't borrow money from you. If they do borrow money from you, charge them interest. Charge them 5 or 10%. Make them not want to borrow from you again. Tell them no or charge them interest, okay? Uh, that usually puts the kaposh on that. And then look at your budget. Look at where you're spending your money. So, you know, when the M&O's money, I, t I said, you know, hey, track your expenses for one month. But the real deal is uh, once we go into next year, after you track your budget or your spending for January, I want you to go back and look at October, November, and December. Those are the most expensive months of the year because we have Thanksgiving and we have Christmas. There's a lot of gifts. Take what you spent on average in uh, October, November, and December, um, average that amount and then divide that by 12 and then that's your monthly budget and that's what you budget from always make sure that you're planning for the holidays for the the um, Valentine's Day President's Day I don't know anybody that gives gifts on President's Day but uh, Mother's Day Father's Day uh, Grandparents Day uh, Assistant Day Boss Day you know there's a day for everything I right? messed up and I don't want you to be mad at me day so I'm gonna go get some flowers day yeah, that should just be wired into your budget. And the other thing, you, if you're married or coupled, the other thing that you have to have wired into your budget is date night. Period. Period. Whether you have kids or don't have kids, once a month you have to leave the house, you have to leave everything behind, and you got to go out and just spend the time with the two of you. That That is so important. Like, I've been in business, I've had my... Um, uh, been practicing for about 20 years now, and I've only had maybe three couples divorce. That's that's better than the national average. Uh, it absolutely is. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and you were talking about saying no. The thing that I'm going to say no to in 2020 will Ooh. be passion budgeting because I believe that it's been all my life. You're going to say no to passion budgeting? I'm going to say no to it because, like, at some point, at some point, we have to start setting aside more, especially if we know this recession is coming. Mm -hmm. And I would much rather have that money saved than have spent it, than blown $600 on random Whatever's. good times. I'm just there right now, just at this moment, just right now. That's what, 2020, I will document every single dime I spend. And I'm going to show it to you. Oh, I'm going to look for it. I'm, I'm, yeah, hey, hey, hold and, me to and that. when we come back, I'm going to give you my mantra for the week.
Oh, and we're back to Financial Renaissance with the M's. What a great show that we had today. Kia, thank you for waking up. Thank I know you, you were up late me. last night. I'm trying to come back every week. I'm trying. I'm just putting that out there right now. If there's a vote, vote me in. I'm coming back. <laughs> she wants to be my co-host. Let's see what happens. But, but she's on tour a lot too. But I want to. Uh, I want to thank um, all my listeners and viewers, um, everybody who has supported the show for the year of 2019. We started on Super Bowl Sunday, and I've got a lot of uh, great responses. We're going to need some sponsors next year. You guys almost tapped me out in my savings, but we're going to need some sponsors. We're going to work on that. Uh, Kia, what are you going to work on financially in 2020? Budgeting. I'm documenting every <laughs> dime I spend. I'm keeping up with this. I want to know everything about it. I want to be able to save more to be able to invest more in myself, just like you're doing right here, chasing these dreams. So yes. I don't want to have to ask anybody for anything. That's right. That's right. And um, the show, again, Financial Renaissance is a breakdown of all things financial. You know, if it impacts your pockets, your purses, your backpacks, whatever tax bracket you claim, um, that's what we're trying to do is just make sure you understand how to take the information that we're giving you and use it for yourself day to day on a day to day basis. Now, um, coming up after the show, we have... Um, smooth sensational Sundays and then we have the live exchange with Dr. Pamela at six uh, tomorrow you can have lunch with Cheryl Underwood you know she's uh, an affiliate of our show so Mondays Wednesdays and Fridays you can listen to her from 12 o'clock noon Eastern Standard Time until 2 p.m. and uh, my mantra for the week um, is Shreem Kleem Nama and this mantra affirms that you deserve the fulfillment of all your deepest desires that's right Shreem is the mantra associated with nature's beauty love and abundance and clean is the sound that attracts those qualities to you. So remember, bad self-images do not harness power. And remember, worthiness is your birthright. And as you are today, you are 100% complete. And you have the mental ability to attract all that you desire. Namaste. <laughs>